Hello, everyone. It was a heavy night, dear listener. I've been writing Bachelor recaps for a long, long time, and I believe this episode resulted in the fewest notes taken in the history of my random career, even back in the day when Firestone escorted a PYT out to the jacuzzi to sit in tepid, unmoving water. I scribbled down more notes on an old, discarded Chick-fil-A napkin than I did in Katie's third week on her journey to find someone who's here for the right reasons. The episode was a lot, so in taking a page from the sharing circle we witnessed on Monday night, some guy in Austin and I take this time to discuss the big picture questions surrounding the epic episode. For example, is Thomas a chotch? Or is he playing the game in the most genuine way possible? Is he just being honest and saying what everyone else is hiding? Will Carl show up at the resort demanding a second chance? Is Michael ready for the inevitable heartbreak that is coming his way? Is Nick Vile a skater boy now? And last but not least, some guy has figured out the mysterious tattoos on the Canadian man's chest. You'll have to listen to find out. And the answer may surprise you. Hey everyone, I'm Lindsay and welcome to the I Hate Green Beans podcast. During each episode, I'll be discussing television, movies, music, and books with friends who love pop culture as much as I do. For those of you wondering, yes, we will be talking about the Bachelor franchise. And no, I do not want to try your grandmother's famous green bean casserole recipe. But thanks for offering. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. It's episode 219 of the I Hate Green Beans podcast. I'm your host, Lindsay. I'm here with some guy in Austin. And if you hear a bunch of fire trucks or random trains, that's because I'm in downtown Houston recording for the first time ever. So it's pretty cool. The electricity just went off and I thought, oh, great, because that's why I'm here is because we're experiencing rolling blackouts in Houston. And uh, I thought the electricity just went off here, but it did not. It's just because I wasn't moving and I'm in one of those rooms that sensor motioned with the lights. So you, I got you, scared for a minute, but you, I'm, I'm cool now. Everybody you, calm down. You were still enough in a motion sensing room to make <laughs> the lights go off. <laughs> I want to check I your was, pulse. <laughs> That's pretty scary. I didn't think of that. I was very focused on what I was mm-hmm. doing. I was editing another podcast. And so I was trying to get it done by the time we got here. I was, be, I was yeah, I can be still. I can't, I, actually I'm always, mm-hmm. I can be still. It's fine. You know, we were talking right before we got on about even doing this podcast. We will always do this podcast because we are professionals. However, was that not the heaviest episode in Bachelor history that we've ever experienced? I think so. Not just that, but um, I remember um, sitting on the couch and being like, man, oh, man, this is a long episode and hitting pause. And I was like 20 minutes in, I'm like, I've got an hour and 40 minutes left of whatever's going to happen here. And it just dragged on. It was, it was terrible. You know, it made me for all the grief we give the, um, the degrading mud wrestling dates. They tend to make the episode move a little faster. There you go. (laughs) Exactly. And it's, it was, I think what it was, was, um, you know, starting out with such a dramatic rose ceremony and, oh, we got to kick somebody out. And then we go to the group date, which was the opposite of fun. And then we go to a uh, one-on-one date, which is great. But then the topic conversation is so very sad. And then we have to get more drama after that. I don't know if I, I laughed. Even when she flipped over her dune buggy, I was very nervous thinking, 
she had to have hurt herself, but she didn't. It what I don't I did not laugh at all ever. No, it was it was it was a very heavy episode and then the theme this season unfortunately, I think this has to be accidental. Like everybody's had somebody die on them. You know, you yeah. had Greg's um father Dad. die, mm-hmm. Katie's father died, and then now mm-hmm. this guy's this poor guy's wife passed away. Yeah. Um it's nuts. It is. I did have one moment of, um, I wouldn't call it giggling or funny, but it just occurred to me. I thought that's odd, which is different from it being sad or heavy or weird. Uh, when all the dudes were in the hot tub together, there were about, I want to say six of them just all laying in the hot tub together. Weird or not weird? No, it's not weird. I mean, they got nothing else to do. I'm there- so glad that you said that. <laughs> but the two guys I was watching with, Todd and Blake, um, I, I said, is that weird, y'all? Is that weird to have? And I think, you know, Blake said no. And Todd said, it's a hot tub. Yeah. I mean, if there's a hot tub, I'm going to get in it. And I thought, that is so odd. Because I thought, it's hot. And you're in the desert. And you're well, in a hot okay. tub. Okay. Fair and, enough. Oh. So, yeah, it wasn't like when um, when they went to uh, the Matterhorn with Ben and, you know, it was four degrees. But the um, the thing about the hot tub is... T- I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You pulled that from <laughs> way back. Yeah. Ben the wine guy yeah. at the Matterhorn. Yeah. I am impressed. Do you remember who he chose? Um, yeah, Courtney Robertson. Yes, he did. And I read her book, unfortunately. Um, so, but, but let me just make my point about the hot tub in the desert. Um, if you notice, there were some lead-ins and there was a, 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 a mishmash of exercise equipment kind of laying around. Mm-hmm. And I would imagine that there are some sore muscles there, you know, with the, oh. with the wheels and the kettlebells and everything else that's been going on there. Um, I can't imagine, I would imagine that you're talking to people most of the day, like producers and, you know, all that kind of stuff. But you have to have an immense amount of downtime during mm-hmm. filming. Um, and so I could work out for two hours and then, you know, you shower, maybe, um, you can't get on your phone. You can't, you, you eat some lunch meat or whatever they have in the, (laughs) on the commissary or the whatever. And then you're just stuck. Why not like get a bunch of your buddies and go to the hot tub? There you go. How many people have you fit in a hot tub at one time? You know, it's funny. It's funny you say that because when I was right out of college, me and three guys rented this house over in um, North Austin and uh, it had this old like junky algae filled hot tub in the backyard. And uh, we asked our landlord, Hey, what's the deal with this? And he's like, Oh man, it's got, it's got a small crack in the bottom and I just haven't used it. This, this part in the engine and the motor needs to be replaced. And so we took it upon ourselves to go and clean this thing out and get like epoxy and seal it and fill it. And we fixed the motor and uh, we had it running. We were all so proud of ourselves. And we had a big, big party one night at the house and we fit 13 people in a hot tub. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. they, had to double, you had to layer up on that, didn't you? Yeah. I mean, people, it was, it was, it was dangerous. I mean, people were risking, um, hyperthermia and you know dehydration mm-hmm. in a big way with all the alcohol and the, how long did you stay in there um quite a while actually you know when you're when you're in your early 20s you know there's really nothing you can't do for a long time so <laughs> that includes sitting in a hot tub <laughs> all right so we're gonna a, say here's the normal oh, no here's the funny part about that so 
I wake up the next morning and I'm itchy and I'm like, man, this is weird, you know? And so I'm scratching. And so I go out, I sit on the couch and of course we're all hung over. And then I see my roommate Scott start to itch. And then I see Lenny's like comes out and he's itching. And I said, what, you know, what's going on? And all three of us had some kind of skin condition creating chemicals in the hot tub. I think we had like a chemical burn. I'm sure um, you did. Yeah. So there Disgusting. were 13 people that were itchy the next morning after the, the hot tub. I mean, you're itchy in all sorts of places. Yeah. Well, like, look, that's different. That's different tub. than the bachelor pad, a bachelor in paradise <laughs> kind of itch. But um, Or is it the same? <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. So that's my what? hot tub story. <laughs> Good one. Let's talk about the rose ceremony. That's where our episode begins. When we last left Katie, she was in her Studio 54 green lame dress crying. Terrible dress. There was, Terrible there was no Tasha or Caitlin to be found because they're off drinking the moonshine with the guy who rang the bell at the wrestling mm-hmm. match. And then she decides, you know what? This is what I'm going to do. She's all weird about Carl and just des- and just decides, I'm, I'm just going to start handing out roses. I'm not going to do a cocktail party. She goes in. She hands it to all these faceless people who I did not pick on my bachelor bracket. I, it, it was a bad night the other night. But then all of a sudden, Mike, the virgin, comes up to her and she gives him a rose. And, and he holds her hands and he says, we want you to know that as a unit. As a unit. Mm. As a unit, we do not feel that Carl is telling the truth. Then she looks at all of the guys and says, do you all agree with this? Is this true? And they all nod yes. Then she bolts from the room again. And that's when Tasha and Caitlin mm-hmm. are there to go, oh, what's wrong? Yeah. And give her sound advice like, you do you. Yeah. Didn't it's you, didn't you picture them like sitting in the green room, <laughs> like with their shoes off, with their drinks? Like, what? Oh, yeah. what? who wants us? Yeah. Uh, get up, get up. Yeah. Yeah. They're saying, um, it's your decision and go with the flow, all these wonderful, vague pieces of information. So she's coming back down the hallway and tosses roses at everyone else. And it turns out Carl does not get a rose mm-hmm. along with Kyle, who's been one of my favorites. Of course, he never said anything, and I, I had I had bad feelings for him the last two episodes. Then Garrett, then John, and Carl, yeah. who he said the military would have to come in and drag him from the resort. That didn't happen. He just gave everybody the evil eye, except for Katie, and walked out the mm-hmm. door. Something tells me Carl's going to be back in some kind of capacity. <laughs> you think? Yeah. Even when they have Blake coming? Um, well, if he's not back on the show, he will reemerge somewhere. Um, okay. That, Question about Blake. Yes. Do you think he's going to stay or is it going to be one of those Heather situations? No, I think he goes far because I think that- um, I do too. It's too early in the season for him not to. Well, that's number one. And number two, um, we are educated now enough to know that these folks do a lot of hanging out before the show and at different various events. And mm-hmm, I wouldn't be surprised mm-hmm. if they have, They'd met before. have, um, yeah. have been familiar with each other before this. Did you watch the promo for next week's episode at the end? Yes, I did. Where Tasha said someone from my past. Yeah. Give me a break. I mean, that's, that's an me. overstatement. <laughs> someone from my past. I mean, that's like, you know, like the, like the, I love it. me out at target the other day is someone I- from my past. <laughs> I am hoping that Blake, you know, everybody's going to hate him because he came in and this isn't fair. 
I'm it's calm down everybody it's week four by the time he gets there I'm I am hopeful that he just injects some sort of energy into this season because we've it's it's again very heavy kind of wet blankety so hopefully he's gonna get something in there I expected Connor the cat to be a lot funnier than he was but you know let's just move on to this group date whenever we saw season promos of what's going to go on during Katie's journey to find love. There's a lot of man crying. And I think it all came from this, I'm using air quotes, support group that Nick, of all people to lead. Of all people is leading a support group on the prompt is essentially tell me your deepest, darkest secrets. Yeah. What hidden sins do you ha- have out there? Because Katie needs to know about it. You know, you've all met her twice now. It's time for you to to get deep and go dark. And the majority of them cried about what they talked about. Let me give you just a few examples. Uh, Hunter has two kids, but he's divorced. And so he cries about what that is going to do to his children. You know when divorced. he cries, you know who he looks like? Who? The guy that turns into a werewolf on Twilight. What's that guy's name? <laughs> Jacob? Uh, Taylor Lautner? Taylor that Lautner? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, yeah. That's what he looks like to me. Okay. I can see it. It's the nose and the squinty eyes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So when he's crying, he, I was call. ready for him to turn into a werewolf and have, you know. I, I mean, if he did, that would help the season, I'm pretty Wouldn't sure. Wouldn't that be great if Harrison came out and he was like sparkling <laughs> and he just prevented Hunter from <laughs> hurting anyone? <laughs> Yes. yes. <laughs> I think Harrison sparkles in the sun anyway. I don't. <laughs> I think he does too. <laughs> Why is that so funny? I don't know. Several reasons. Number one, the fact that you know that. I told you, you Mr. Know. Some Guy made me watch. Whatever. She loves the vampire books. And when we were first dating, I was vulnerable to that because we were dating. It's the equivalent of like. A woman saying, oh, I, I love to go fish and put the bait on the hook. That's the male equivalent is you watch freaking vampire movies and you just sit there and try to figure out why, like, why does anyone, A, buy this oh. and number, and B, why does anyone like it? Mm-hmm. Oh, it was terrible. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so, um, yeah, Edward sparkled. And I remember, remember the scene where he's sparkling and then he, like, hides behind the car door and he, like, prevents her from getting hit by a car or something? Right, because he's so strong. That's right. I remember that happened. I looked at Mr. Some guy with a, with a dead serious, no irony, and I said, why does he sparkle? Mm-hmm. And she goes, she just looked at me like, like I'm an idiot. And she goes, because he's yeah. a vampire. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> Like yeah. obviously, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you idiot. I never thought about that. Yeah. <laughs> and that's a legitimate question, right? He's he's it he, is a legitimate he, question. He jumps into the car and dents the door, and I'm like, okay, he's saved. And then all of a sudden, he starts to sparkle. I'm like, what's going on here? You know. <laughs> anyway, so. <laughs> That's good. That's good. Um, moving on. I believe David said that one he chose his career over relationship mm-hmm. and he always wonders if that was right. I believe Aaron had something about his dad had a stroke and then he met a girl and she had a similar situation. So it's like a relationships of convenience. And then 
Connor, the cat man, he just said he went dark, dark yep. and said that he gets blackout drunk and is aggressive and mean. And one night he cheated on this girl and he's bawling and tearing up. And even even Katie, she goes into a story, you know, thank you all for sharing. And, and, and she goes into a story about how um, she had sex with a guy one time and there was not consent and, and that was not acceptable and it was an emotional time for everybody involved. I mean, it was a meeting. I mean, good Lord. Nick is (laughs) he's 10 years older than everybody around him. And he's just like, geez, why Nick? I I don't, I don't know. Do you think him and Caitlin went down memory, memory road? (laughs) Memory lane. lane. (laughs) (laughs) He's like, Hey, we're at a resort again. I mean, we might as well. Hey, Tasha. Yeah, exactly. Would you like to be a notch on my bedpost? Exactly. Yeah. Is Demi uh, around? He, he did have his tight pants on. He did. But they were short. Did you know? Yeah, and he had like skateboard shoes on. He had like van, shoes vans on. or something. I'm like, dude, you're 37. <laughs> and uh, to my knowledge, he wasn't going skateboarding like either immediately before or immediately after that event. So I just didn't get the wardrobe choice. But And the was, Buffalo check shirt. Yeah. That is. So pre-COVID. Yeah, well, I don't. I can't really speak to that. I didn't have a problem with the shirt, but yeah, the pants were a little ridiculous. And then did you, some of the outfits the guys had on. Um, who's yeah, who's the guy with the it big was, hair? It was Connor. Oh, yeah, the Canadian. Yeah, with the, the he's kind bear of bear claws on his pecs. I, I think that you know what I, I those aren't bear claws. I found I, I know what they are. Hmm. Those are the mocking Jay things that uh, Katniss Everdeen <laughs> has on her necklace. <laughs> I'm full of the TA references today. <laughs> or YA, is it YA? Young adult, is that what they call it? Yeah, TA is a whole different thing. Um, <laughs> the YA references, I'm all over I'm, it. I've never been more proud of you yeah. than this moment right now. We have a Twilight and a Hunger Games. That's right. I'm going to challenge you to to throw another one in there before the end of okay, this episode. Okay, you got it. I'll try. Okay. <laughs> But yes, it's like, right? Yeah. The whistle. Mm -hmm. Okay. Here's my thing though. Everybody's, I mean, we've got, we've got Nick channeling Justin Timberlake from his Mm -hmm. Man of the Woods album Mm -hmm. that crashed and burned. Then we have all these tears. Then we have Katie giving something. And then Thomas. Would you like to share with everybody what it was that Thomas confessed? Thomas did exactly what I would have done. Is he just said, look, it's all about you. And I I was a complete (laughs) jerk and I did all these things, but you know what? None of that matters anymore because although I was self, self motivated and self centered and all about myself, when I came on the show, looking at you has completely shed a new light on me and I'm here Mm -hmm. for you. You know, that's Mm -hmm. all he had to say. And by the way, if you're, if you're a teacher, you don't want to get on TV and discuss Mm -hmm. major alcoholic Mm -hmm. problems and cheating. I mean, it's just a bad deal for these guys. Remember who's the guy that was forced to go on a date with Claire and it like ruined his life. Yes. He had to write a letter to his younger self and then burn it. Yeah. I mean, Mm -hmm. the guy never recovered. Mm -mm, Um, I'm I'm assuming that that dug up some serious issues, but yeah, Thomas was, um, you know. So what I'm hearing is that you agree with thomas's method i just no here's what i don't agree the with the support group sharing circle yeah what, what why is that anybody's business i know i know i'm 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 just throwing it out there because you're not alone there were a lot of commenters out there saying hey i think thomas he took a pretty smart angle because in that he confessed uh he had gone on dates yeah. right before he left to come to the resort 
And he had considered, he didn't say that he wanted to be the next Bachelor, but he did say, I did think that this might be a great launch for my platform. He said, this might help my platform. Right, he said the quiet part out loud. You know, every yeah. one of those guys, anyone who says they came on there directly for love is, well, maybe the widower guy. And we can talk about him because I felt yeah. really bad for he just, that guy's right. so green and just, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. it, it maybe him, but anyone who, you know, said that they're, they're not coming on there for exposure is a liar. That's true. And, and that so is true. be honest about it. Let's fast forward to the part where Hunter believes that he he needs to go face Thomas one-on-one and just get some things straight. So weird. Such a weird. And- <laughs> you know what? You know what? You know what would have made that weirder? What? If they would have been in the hot tub. In the hot tub. They should have been. <laughs> exactly. They should have been. Yeah. I bet Thomas is too big and tall for the hot tub. He would have to fold in on himself. Yeah, he's bigger than Hunter for sure. He's very. And so, so they have this conversation. I won't get into that, but it later results in him saying, Hunter saying, before they go on their group date, I think it's time that I call Thomas out in front of the guys. The first thought that came in my head was, for what? what? What are you calling him out for? To come on the show with the purpose of being the next Bachelor. Because he asked him that twice. The first time he asked him, Thomas didn't technically answer the question. Mm-hmm. Well, he did yeah. your thing where he said, hey, I didn't know what I was going to have him coming into this. And I didn't know. And I, I've been pleasantly surprised. Yeah. We have so much chemistry. Hey, let's do some role play. You asked me three times if I want to be the bachelor. <laughs> go, go ahead. And I'm, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to do my Thomas impression. Go ahead. All right, here we go. Did you, or did you not come on the show with the hope that you're going to be the bachelor? Lindsay, I would never do anything to hurt you. And the fact that you're asking me that question leads me to believe that I've done something to leave a bad impression on you. So I'm sorry if you've make if I've made you feel that way. Okay, let me ask you again. Did you or did you not come on the show with the purpose of hopefully, eventually, possibly being the next Bachelor? You know, I came on the show with different expectations. And one of those expectations was that I was going to meet a lot of good guys and have a good time. I didn't know if I was going to fall in love with Katie. Yes, I would like for you to answer the question, please. All right, yes. Do you want to be the next Bachelor? Yes. I totally want to be the next Bachelor. I've already bought swimsuits. I've already bought a wardrobe. I've already hired somebody to prep me for this. Yes, I want to be the next Bachelor. Do you sparkle <laughs> when you get in the sun? Not no? yet. All right. <laughs> I do need to. I do need to back it up for just a second with Thomas mm-hmm. because during the cocktail time, the cocktail hour, after the horrible group date where they're in the sharing circle, he is speaking to Katie and and she's no idiot. She says, hey, you kind of didn't answer the question whenever we're all flinging our feelings all over everyone. You know, is there something to say? You mentioned some red flags and he does your thing that you just did. And then she asks him again and he does it again. And then so she's tight lipped. She's very, uh, abrupt in standing up and she doesn't fold into him and let him kiss all over her, which is totally his move. And she leaves and he realizes I've screwed up some way. So then he goes and he tells Aaron, who is now with Katie, Hey, there's something really important. I need to tell her. Can I grab her away from you? So he steals her. Total mistake. What he said, by the way. 
Well, I was just about to say, later on, he tells the guys in the group exactly when Aaron's very, said, <laughs> yes, very irritated. Aaron's like, why'd you steal my time? What you got two, you know, two times with her. And, and what did you say that was so important? And he said, I told her I'm falling in love with her. Yeah. Well, I, I, I think he said I might, the cat be, might said, be falling in love, right? Uh, it doesn't matter because Connor the cat says, Hey, you're making a mockery of this if you're telling yeah. her that this yeah. early. Fool. I mean, yeah, no, even Connor's like, that's not the rules, dummy. Exactly. You gotta at least wait till week five. The guy that shows up in the cat costume calls did you, the guy for making did, a mockery. Did you notice um, Connor the cat's unbuttoned shirt and layered necklace and rolled situation. rolled sleeves too yeah. um, when i was um when i was in the eighth or the ninth grade i wore um op shirts ocean pacific shirts like that and i would roll the sleeves up and i looked a lot like that um with acid wash jeans and top sliders mm-hmm. yeah pleated acid wash jeans no no, no i didn't do the pleated um but they were um they were like bon jovi tight though you know, they were like the acid yeah. wash and they really accentuated, you know, everything. Mm-hmm. So, well, I think the whole thing was inappropriate. The whole date was inappropriate. We don't need to be asking everybody deepest, darkest fears. So, I decided I would come up with proper questions that <laughs> Nick should have asked. I'm going to be asking you these okay. questions today. So, I would like some quick answers right okay. off the top of your head. I want you to be totally honest, as okay. Nick said. You cannot lie. You're forbidden. Okay. Number one, what old person thing do you do? Oh, my gosh. I would have to narrow this down. <laughs> uh, I make sounds when I stand up. <laughs> like, huh. Oh, gosh. Yeah. My back, you know, stuff like that. Yeah. <laughs> There are a lot I, more. I mean, I can get to, I mean, there are a lot more. Like, I don't tie my shoes. I, uh, how's I, that old person? Oh, people don't like you, to, They just slip them on. you need Velcro? No, it's just a matter <laughs> well, I'm not that old. It's just a matter of convenience. Like, it's like, I just don't want to be bothered with stuff. But yeah, I do a lot of old guy stuff. But yeah, I think the, the making noises when the I get up is, noise. yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, what is your favorite song from your teenage years that you could still sing right now if asked? Oh my gosh, there are a lot of them. Um, a lot of Duran Duran is coming to mind for some reason, really? like uh, Hungry Like the Wolf and stuff. Yeah, I just, because I remember what, what instantly popped into my head when you said that was, I remember Brittany Wright was a big uh, um, Duran Duran fan, like posters all over her locker and <laughs> concerts and stuff. But I remember we went to her birthday party at her house and it was a Duran Duran theme party and all of us like ended up dancing to Duran Duran. It was a really fun party. And that's what, oh. that's what jumped into my head when you said that. So that's Okay. Cool. Mine was Blaze of Glory, Bon Jovi. That was, I'm, I was, I'm, I'm a little older than you. So I'm um, just a little, yeah. I'm going through a hairband phase right now mm-hmm. where I'm, um, we, Laura and I watched Rock of Ages last night. Yeah. With, so, with Marky Mark. Oh, so great. No, no, oh. that's Rockstar. Oh. Rock of Ages is with Tom Cruise. I'm going to talk about that because I don't want you to talk about it. Yeah. Okay. What is your, who in your childhood, like teenage years, what celebrity did you have a crush on? Um, Belinda Carlisle was one. Okay, um, from the Go Go's. Yeah, from the Go Go's. I love Belinda Carlisle. Uh, and then you know this about me, Diane Lane has always been. Diane Lane. I remember when I was about thirteen years old, I watched Streets of Fire. Uh, well, actually, I, I watched uh, Rumblefish and Six Pack. Um, before that, she was in Six Pack with Kenny Rogers. 
Mm -hmm. Uh, and I thought she was attractive, but she was still kind of a kid. And then, um, and she was Cherry Valance in Rumblefish. I thought, wow, she's really attractive. And then Outsiders. Um, and then, um, by the time, you know, Streets of Fire came around, I was sold. So Diane Lane and Belinda Carlisle were my two big crushes. Then you married Diane Lane's doppelganger. Yeah. Yeah, I did. Um, Mm -hmm. this is some guy looks a little like, uh, Diane Lane. She does. My childhood crush that I really remember thinking I could marry this boy if I found him was Damien from the Mickey Mouse Club. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) In your, in your, like your, your fantasies when you were marrying Mm -hmm. Damien, did he have the ears on? Yeah. (laughs) Why wouldn't he? They didn't wear ears back then. They didn't wear ears. They had jacket. Um, what, what dance move are you secretly good at? Secretly? Oh, you've seen me at my wedding. I can do yeah, the entire Saturday Night Fever solo dance. Mm-hmm. I got the whole thing down. And look, I'll ask you, am I good? Yes, you are. Yeah, I got you it are. down. I've been doing that. You do. At, you do. Yeah. <laughs> it's money. It really is. It's your stupid human trick and you should be proud. That's right. I'm, I'm good at that. But yeah, that's that That would be de- a definite um, a definite plus. Um, it's It's very entertaining at weddings. See, if Nick had asked these questions, we would have had a much more enjoyable experience on exactly. Monday night, but he didn't, but he did it. And, and things were looking up whenever Michael, he receives the one-on-one date mm-hmm. and she flips her doom buggy and has to get another one and then comes and picks him up. And Dude, he, that could have been tragic, by the way. It could have been I mean, tragic. If she hadn't been, if she hadn't been harnessed in properly, she would have well, fallen or she'd been going fa- That could have been two or three rolls instead of just a, yes. anyway. Ugh. Yeah. But she picks him up. He bravely gets into the doom buggy with her. They go around and then they go and and they're in the desert and he's telling her about his son again. He doesn't he doesn't share about his wife just yet. Yeah. One thing that Michael does that I want to ask your opinion on. He has done this twice now. Ask permission to kiss. No, her. that didn't work. I don't what, your thoughts on that. It just it, just do Don't it. do it. D- just, I mean, just, yeah, just do it. Just don't do ask it. it. Yeah. Yes, it's okay, like right. in, uh, in Saturday Night Fever. Is uh, come on, I could walk you. You should have just done it. You shouldn't have asked. Anyway, um, <laughs> um, but yeah, it's just one of those things. You'll be a man. But I just golly, you know, it was so apparent that that guy is just not ready to date. Yeah, anybody, whenever you know, whenever we get to dinner, he shares the story about his wife. He he tells their love story yeah. for about ten minutes, and and I understand his need to exactly explain to her, "Hey, I loved this woman, and and we were soulmates, and we had a kid, and seven months yeah. after the kid was born, diagnosed with breast cancer, and then she died two, two years ago. Years ago, two after years sixteen ago. years of marriage and a kid, like that's soon. That guy needs some. St- seriously therapy and he doesn't need to be on a reality show dating. I agree. And I, I've what she keeps saying over and over again is how natural it is with Michael, uh, how pure he is in his intentions and how sincere and genuine, which I think is all true because we talked about this. One of the episodes before Michael's got nothing to lose because the awful, horrible, bad, tragedy has already happened to him so he's kind of living life with it all out there and i think he is excited about the moment i think somebody totally talked him into going on the show i think somebody said hey two years is long enough um let's let's get back out there it should not have been on a reality television yeah. show sh- such as The Batch. And I'll give the guy credit. I think that that's a sincere, like when he said he was telling all the guys, remember, amongst mm-hmm. the the mm-hmm. wait 
equipment or whatever, the calisthenics stuff on yes, the weight mats. Mm-hmm. Yeah. After, after their, um, pergola workout, pergola workout. Um, I, I thought he, I mean, I think he was being legit. Like he's like, I'm doing this absolutely. to kind of get out of my comfort zone and try things I normally wouldn't. And absolutely, you know, cause it's, I mean, obviously he's got a small child and he's in that situation. Um, I can't imagine like that. That just has to be such a burden. Um, a, a tremendous psychological burden on him to try to maintain mm-hmm. normalcy and keep his job and keep his mm-hmm. kid informed. And then the mm-hmm. kid's going to ask questions. And I mean, it's just, it's a lot. And, um, he, so I, he, I, go ahead. he also, he also said he did a really good job of calling it out saying, I know this is awkward. I know this is weird. I know that you would want to have, a relationship that is unique to us and our own. And I think I could do that because what a privilege and a gift it would be to fall in love twice in my life, yeah. which is the exact perfect thing. He, he said the right things. Yeah. And he was, but, I, like I said, I think that came from a place unlike Thomas um, was, he was very, very sincere. I just, yeah. it, he just looked like Bambi to me, you know, trying to stand up. Um, do, you, <laughs> do you think she keeps him yes, too yeah. long? Yes. He's not going to win. But no, I, I think, think he gets his heart broken. Too long. He either gets his heart broken or it's a my son needs me thing. You know, one of those, yeah. I'm not going to keep you from your kid. Um, yeah. It's one of those two. But, um, you know, I, I think even if, here's my take on that. And I got, I got two things to say about kind of the tragedy that we've been exposed <laughs> in the last couple of weeks. But um, even if he gets dumped and he gets his heart broken, I think there's something positive that he'll have to say about it. Like, you know, at least I got out there and, you know, I, I know that I can, you know, feel things and whatever. So that's good. And he's got to move on. And you have to think that the person that passed away would also want him to sure. at 36 have a fulfilling life and all that and have the, his child have someone in his life that's a female role model that blah, 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 mm-hmm. blah, blah. So mm-hmm. um, I think that'll be good. But didn't it strike you um, during the first row ceremony when Katie's like, just, just give me a sec, you know, and, and then she's crying and she's saying how hard this is. I feel like going, um, your dad died, <laughs> you know, like I, it's not that hard yeah. to be on a reality show and question whether some chotch loves you or not. You're not even going to really marry anybody. Exactly. <laughs> that was- that was another thing when they were talking about Carl at the beginning and all the awful things he did. Trey said, this is the worst yeah. thing that's ever happened worst to me. And I thought, ever happened to no, me. it's not. Connor's shirt is the worst <laughs> thing that's ever happened to you. Are you kidding me right now? Yeah, Connor should apologize for that wardrobe choice. <laughs> <laughs> Look, guys, I, before we go to the rose ceremony, I just have something I really want to get off my chest from last week. I just I want to apologize for the shirt and the, the sleeve roll and the necklace. I just, I'm really ashamed of that. I think he had something on the necklace like that you couldn't see. Oh, what God. do you think it was? I, what know, do you think it was? I think it was a like a some kind of astrological symbol. It had to be. <laughs> That's what I said, sort of. I said it's a crystal to cleanse his cheese. Exactly. Yeah. Or yeah. Or something. <laughs> oh, that date's coming. By the way, we're in New Mexico. That you know, oh, with yeah. vortices and crystals and all that stuff. Mm. Trust me, that date is coming. They're going to meet some hippie couple that's you know been out there forever that's going to teach them how to align their chi with their chakra and their you know uranus with saturn or what you know whatever it is that'll happen who doesn't really want uranus aligned you know
enough. <laughs> That's really funny, actually. <laughs> Hey, thank y'all for listening. I wanted to let you know that we have a bachelorette bracket together with the amazing folks over at last night's game. I've left a link in the show notes so you can check it out. Super fun, super easy. Takes about 30 seconds to fill out. You should come join the fun. And if you'd like to read a recap of the third week's episode of Katie's season, head on over to IHateGreenBeans.com for years and years and years and decades of content. Remember, one of the best things you can do to support a podcast is to subscribe and to review the show on iTunes. It would be an honor if you headed over there and left us your thoughts. Make sure to follow me on all the socials. You can find me at Lindsay on Twitter and at Lindsay Ray on Instagram and Facebook. And don't forget to check out my real books, Why I Hate Green Beans and It's a Love Story. You can find them wherever books are sold. Y'all stay safe, have courage, and be kind out there until we're together again. Love you, mean it. Texas forever.